Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and I am here today with a writer that I, I was just telling him I've been wanting to talk to him for a while. Um, I think when I first decided to try and write a comic script, uh, Right at the start of the pandemic, the first thing I ever did was uh, a submission to Mad Cave's talent search, and I based my script off of Show's End, and I have the writer of Show's End here, uh, volumes one and two, as well as Stargazer, which is another Mad Cave series that I really liked. It's really trippy, especially if you're a you know, X-Files fan like me, you, you got to read it. But uh, he is here to talk about his newest series, Charred Remains. Issue number one uh, is out December 13th. It is with the uh, artwork by Andrea Muti, who listeners of this podcast, I'm sure, are familiar with. And I believe it's lettered by Taylor Esposito as well. Uh, big fan of, of Taylor's lettering. But please welcome to the podcast, Anthony Cleveland. Anthony, how you doing? Hey, good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you. Uh, thank you for sending over the first issue of Charred Remains, um, which, you know, a, a kind of like a, a, a quick synopsis. Your, your main character, um, it seems like her family was killed in a fire when she was very young um, and she saw kind of something in the fire. And now it's 12 years later. And it seems that this entity, whatever it is, she refers to as the fireman, is kind of now back in her life uh, in some way. And um, I mean, I, super fast paced first issue, I thought. And uh, your writing paired with Andrea Moody's artwork, um, I thought works really well for this kind of ashy, yeah. Uh, fire-driven story um it, it really loved the first issue i just thought it was really spooky really dark um but yeah i just really liked it a lot um i'm i'm excited to talk to it with uh, talk to other people about it once once it comes out so you know why don't you tell me like how long had this story been cooking no pun intended <laughs> i guess this yeah this is um one of i mean we've been working on it it feels like two years. It probably is two years at this point. But this is another one of um, Mad Kay's ideas. They came to, I think, me first. And then they mentioned that they wanted um, possibly Andrea on it. And Andrea and I have been trying to get on a book for about three or four years before that, or at least three years. Because this is like, I think, pre-pandemic, we were trying to get the together on this. And then Tried Remains came out maybe... The idea of it to come to for Mad Cave came about 2022, 2021, something like that. Okay. So it took a minute for us to, um, uh, because he was doing at the time he was doing um, History of Violence for, uh, not History of Violence, what is it called? Um, The Cullen Bunn book that Mad Cave had. I can't remember, but he was doing that one. That was a long series. That was 12 issues. Ours was uh, six. So I was writing, I was writing that while he was, putting that one together that took a minute so i think that was a not a delay but like a time that we had there so there's a lot of i had a lot of space to catch up and make my script tight and i don't think i had that with any of the other books at mad k before it was pretty tight um you know you 
kind of wish you can go back and tighten things up or tidy things up, I should say, Mm -hmm. um, dialogue or whatever it might be, or this is the first time I had a chance to time and space to tell the story like this. So I think that's different from other bad cave stuff with them. And it's definitely going to show through, uh, when people get through the series. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the, 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 the Cullen Bunn and Andrea Muti one is, um, a legacy of violence. Thank but, you. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, history, I, I, yeah. But uh, I think History of Violence isn't that the um, Vigo Mortensen movie? <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, another comic book too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's interesting in terms of you know how that works. And I've heard I've, I've spoken to other you know creators who have done stuff with Mad Cave. Who said, "Oh, Mad Cave came to me. They had this idea." And um, I, I don't know. I I guess it might de- depend on the idea, but it sounds like it's they come to you with like a, like a concept of something and then you kind of like run with it from there. So is that kind of how it worked with bringing yeah. like a, like a seed of an idea? It, it, yeah. It's it. This is the first time that they brought me an idea and I didn't change anything of it. Um, I think shows was just the setting and that it's at a freak show and then everything else was just my take on it lorelei all that stuff uh was me oh star cool. stargazer was a, a, a bigger story completely different it was just about um um an astronomer figuring out that he was abducted and that he also meets the president and the president is an alien and like it, it, it's it still had that 90s vibe okay but we made it more i guess smaller family um localized right and this one was just, I don't, I think I changed one little thing and that was it. It was, uh, the uncle was originally a librarian and I changed him to a real resale shop owner. And that was it. That's the only little changes that we made with it. Yeah. I'm excited to see how the story plays out because there were so many like, like little moments like that where I'm like, Oh, is this like a, a one-off type of character? Are we going to revisit this? But yeah, the, the resale shop owner, um, it was an interesting, you know, little scene how that kind of played out. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of really strong, like really fast character work, which is kind of tough to develop sometime in a comic book where you have such a strong, like supernatural, like hook. I feel like um, a very good job setting up uh, between your main character Amy and then um, uh, in the second half of the book, the firefighter that you that uh you meet that uh whose name i think begins with a v and it just escaped me um but there were so many good details that uh, andrea did like in the paneling uh to kind of really get a sense of like who these folks are and really like draw like some really like heightened emotions out of it i I, that i really really thought it was well done i think about that a lot i tell i talk to him all the time he captures the panel at like the right moment you know it's, it's very cinematic and it just, you, he nails what needs to come across when it needs to come across with those expressions so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, it, it, it really reads well and, and looks great, you know, on the page. Um, was there, how did the, the development in terms of this, this character of the, the fireman, this kind of like supernatural, whatever it ends up being, um, kind of ha- how did you work on you like coming up with the with the look of that character because there's so much in terms of 
the glimpses we get of the character in the first issue. There's so much in terms of like the fire and the smoke and there's, you know, early on somewhat amorphous, but um, you'll, I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm sure as this goes on, this, this character will may, you know, may like take more of a shape, but um, how did you kind of work on like, uh, what did you pull from between you and Andrea to get that design of it? I'm not sure what I pulled because I submitted a few designs to him or a few examples I thought could work. I struggled mm-hmm. with it. And for the, you know, he was on the, the Colin Bunn book. So I just kept sending more designs and more designs. And I think he was already set on what it should be. So it's mostly um, his take on that character that I wrote. Um, Cause I kept changing it. I would, I would, I would still be changing it. If, uh, <laughs> I guess at a certain it, point you have to, you know, uh, you have to say, this is it. This is what we're going with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's where we ended. That's where uh, he, he thought would work best. So that's where we stopped. Uh, what do you think is the difference in terms of like having like a tight turnaround for like a deadline in terms of the the scripting? Like if you are someone that like kept submitting or kept sending him designs, like are you the type of writer that is constantly, constantly tweaking things? Do you ever feel like satisfied with, the script or do you think oh there's always something i could rework oh yeah i would always be tweaking I would, if, if, if i could tweak <laughs> after pr- if i could tweak after printing i would for sure <laughs> um i mean it and i don't like that feeling that it's like oh i mean I, I don't reread any of my older stuff because i know exactly what's wrong with it and what i would change and it's it's that's all i see now uh-huh. i know i know it's not it's not positive but <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. everyone has a, you know, a, a different process, I guess. But I, I'm, you know, a lot of writers that I talk to, I mean, artists as well, um, you know, never feel that it's 100% finished, you know? So. Yeah. I'm not like, I don't bug editors to go back and like, we got to fix this. Like after like they run, run through it or something like that. I don't do anything quite like that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, once once the line is you know set, the deadline set, it's turned in. Then we don't go back. You know, right. unless there's something, unless I find like a big continuity error or um, something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the scrubbing over details like that is something kind of let go. Uh, when when Mad Caves comes to you with something like this, um, I mean. It, is there, is it just like, oh yeah, I, I, I want to write, I want to make comics. I want to work. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Or was there anything in particular that like really excited you about working on something like this and not just working with Andrea? Cause the two of you have been trying to get together for a while, but was, was there something in particular about the idea of charred remains, especially I'm assuming since you, you didn't, you didn't change a lot in terms of the concept that there was something about it that got you excited about wanting to work on it. Yeah, I've been asking them for um, ever. Like, if you have any horror comic ideas, send me horror comic ideas. That's what I've always had my heart set on since I started writing comics, I guess, was okay. to do a horror comic. And I feel like Show's End is it's fantasy horror. It's, it's, I think it's closer to superheroes almost. And then Stargazer, my heart was in horror when I wrote it. And there's a lot of scenes that are horrific and scary. But that's like sci-fi thriller. Um, Charred Remains is the first that I'm pretty firm in it it's a little bit noir but i mean it's it's mostly it's heavy horror um so just having that and the sh- a chance to showcase love for the genre 
um, my study of it was something that I was excited about and just, you know, mm-hmm. making scenes that are scary and about fire. <laughs> what is it about horror that you really wanted to, to tackle that? Like, um, I say that as, uh, Evil Dead 2 is on behind you, which is one of my favorite movies of of all time. I'm a huge, uh, you know, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell fan, and I absolutely love. Um, I, I think that's probably like a, a perfect film, just in terms of yeah. the horror elements, and then as it gets a little bit of the they start the comedy starts to sneak in. I know they go uh, much further down that end with their next movie, Army of Darkness, but. Um, uh, what is it in terms of horror that that grabs you? I mean, uh, that you really wanted to do that. The genre across the board, I'm not sure about. Um, with comics, like I, I swear it's because it feels like it's a challenge. You're limited so much, but at the same time, depending on who you're reading, if you're if it's just one person, you have the artist penning the story and you know telling the story. That's a like creative system i guess that i really like because that's from the person's head straight to the page that you're seeing so you're seeing whatever's scaring them in their head on the page and they're only limited by you know what their skills are or how well they see what's in their head then there's something special about that to me that i really like um i I don't draw but um i try to find someone that i think can match what's in my head at least Mm -hmm. the style or the feeling um so I like the idea of it's just, you know, two people's heads making spooky stuff. It's unique. <laughs> you, you know, you, you don't really get that anywhere else. I mean, a film is how many people you have working on that, plus the people that are on the screen and behind the camera making effects. It's it's not a, a streamlined creative process. It's neat that, I mean, they're like they're all, every horror medium is cool and different and neat. Um, you know, prose is just one person telling you, and that's that's great too. But I like visual storytelling the most. Yeah, I like to be able to see what's scaring us on the page, and then kind of leave something off the page too. You know, it's important as well. Yeah, and I mean, I I love horror comics, and um, I mean, I like horror movies as well. Not that I don't. I, I um, but it is interesting in, in terms of what you mentioned, like limiting. You know, with a comic, and this has come up, you know, and before, but um, you know, on this podcast and horror comics, but you know, you, you can't. You're limited in terms of you some of the tricks of the trade of movies and you know, you don't have any sound, you can't do a jump scare, you know, things like, I mean, I guess you could in a comic, but it would be, you know, like a page turn, but it's still, it's Mm -hmm. very difficult to kind of like pull those things off and um, comics so much. Well, at least horror, there's so much in suspense and the pacing. And I think a really well done horror comic, um, really focuses on the pacing of the story to kind of build that tension and, and build whatever the ultimate horror payoff is. Um, which is one of the things I really liked, uh, in the second half of, of issue one, uh, where Amy, uh, not to give anything away, but Amy's kind of like racing to the scene of where she, her friend is staying that we meet in the beginning. And that build of like her being on a bike and as she goes, I mean, it, it, it really does uh, a great job of kind of like ratcheting up that tension as to what it is she's going to find when she gets there. And um, I think that was very successful in, in terms of, you know, what happened on the page. Yeah, thank you. I got to give that credit to Mad Cave. They gave us all the space that we wanted. If I needed an extra page, they gave us an extra page. Um, 
just very giving with this to make sure we had everything that we needed. I mean, uh, I, I, I felt, I felt bad for like, you know, we're going to go to six issues. Is that okay? And they're like, yeah, six issues is fine. Whatever you need to tell the story. And that was great. Like, like we had slow, I mean, plenty enough time to tell it. I had plenty of time to tell it and then just spaced if I needed more. It was a mm -hmm. unique experience with them for sure. In terms of like working with uh, Andrea and like the scripts, um, I mean, did you have everything done or were you like sending them in as uh, you got the scripts done? Um, I was sending them in as I got the scripts done. I didn't hold off and submit them all at once or anything like that. Okay. Um, which is great because I had like, I had two great editors on it. And so they bounced back a lot of ideas, caught a lot of things, you know, and we were able to kind of, uh, hammer them all out together so i didn't like i said just there was a lot of time and a lot of uh work into this one how did you and um i mean you said you'd wanted to do something with uh uh andrea like before even the the you know the pandemic how did the two of you first connect i think he read stargazer and then reached out to me on twitter and said um let's do something uh, and i said yeah <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so we he got a few pitches from me and he submitted them to every publisher I could think of. And, uh, we didn't get anything back. <laughs> this is even, that was before the pandemic. No, we got, I think we got one person, one group to say yes. And I think we were all set and they dropped and that oh. was fun. That was so much fun. Uh, then, uh, yeah, nothing. And then, uh, Mad Cave came along. I think, I, I, it seemed like everyone was kind of pencils up during the pandemic. And I think Mad Cave was the only one that's like kept rolling, kept making plans, kept, mm -hmm. you know, thinking of things to do. Cause I, I'm pretty certain it, um, Charred Remains was a pandemic book. If like 2021, 2022, somewhere around there. Okay. I mean, early or later between that. Um, so yeah, they were making plans for books. They never really slowed down. And it's so Charred Remains will be, I think you just said a six issue series with the first one in December and will it be, I guess, monthly until uh, issue six? Yes, until issue six. Um, I forgot when the trade's coming out. I just saw it too. But that's, uh, we'll be f immediately following when issue six releases. All right, fellow cryptids. Now seems like a good time for a break. I'm always looking for a way to display my comics, but unfortunately, I am not very handy or crafty, as it were. Luckily, I have come across Crafty Comics, and they have a way for you to display your comics, even uh, comic books that are already slabbed, if that's your kind of thing. I recently got a flex frame, which has customizable backings and interchangeable border colors. I was able to put in a frame a comic book. It's Batman Elmer Fudd, uh, number one, by Tom King and Lee Weeks. It's signed by both. It's one of my uh, favorite signed comics that I got at Baltimore Comic Con. And I was able to figure it all out. It looks great in the frame. And I can't wait to get it up on the wall. It was super easy. And I have a slew of comic books now. And uh, much to my wife's chagrin, I think I'm going to create a wall of some of my favorite signed comic books. Um, and Crafty Comics was super easy to use. And I like that you can have a different border color along the background to kind of go along with the theme of the cover art. 
And yeah, it was a, it's great, and uh, I absolutely love it. So check it out. It's Crafty Comics, C-R-A-F-T-I-C-O-M-I-C-S.com. Use the discount code YETI5 and get 5% off your order. And now, back to the Cryptid Creator Corner. Um, I, I just wanted to turn and, if I could, ask you about a couple of uh, some of the other things you've written that I that I had mentioned because I really like them. Um, and in particular with Show's End uh, and, you know, having, you know, I think Show's End was the first series you did with Mad Cave. You were one of the, the winners one year of the, the Mad Cave talent search, I, I think, correct? Yeah, it was the first year they did it. Um, I was the first wave. Yeah, and um, the first series you did, Show's End, and then I guess it was last year came out, um, or earlier this year, Show's End, you know, Volume 2. What was it like re- returning to that? I mean, because it seemed like, at least from a publishing standpoint, there was at least a, at least a year or two, if not more, between those two volumes. What, so what was it like kind of returning to write Volume 2? Um. I mean, I, I felt like we would. I would always come back to it. They would always let me come back to it. Um, but coming back to it was pretty special. Um, they, that's since then, Mad Cave kind of shifted from that first wave of books. Even before me, the Midnight Task Force and Battle Cats. I think Battle Cats is still kind of popular and coming out. Um, right. with Mark London, but uh, beyond that, though, it's not the kind of books that Mad Cave has been putting out lately. If you look at what their input is, the past look. Stargazer is a good point. Like that's Stargazer seems like their next wave where the books have changed uh, completely from their very, um, I don't know, like more genre, I guess, that first wave, like uh, uh, shows in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, when you think of comic books, you think of that kind of stuff. But now they're kind of, I don't know how to explain where they're at now, more cinematic, I guess, more artist driven. Um, but yeah, they kind of stopped doing that. And so we, I was surprised that they let us come back and do, uh, volume two. Um, but yeah, that was special. I I don't know if we'll get to do that again for, uh, three, um, since the, since, you know, being where they're at now, like I said, they've kind of moved past those books, but yeah, yeah. that'd be great. I, I mean, I really like, um, I'm a big fan of Mad Cave, which, you know, Listeners can tell since I try to have I I not that I try, I try to have a lot of like folks that work for Mad Cave on just because I really like their books and what's my podcast so I can do what I want <laughs> but yeah I mean um I really like a lot of the stuff that they're they're putting out you know um I mean along with you go to their website and I, I pulled it up here and when you click on right uh, new releases and then series the first one is Charred Remains and then uh, Skeeters is coming out with yeah, that's a great Kevin one. Cuff and Bob France and uh, Kelly Williams. Uh, the Devil That Wears My Face, David Peppos and Alex uh, Cormack and David's been on and Bob and Kevin have been on. Uh, I think Crusader, Matt Emmons, Monomyth is uh, uh, David Hazan wrote. So, yeah, I mean, I really like a lot of the stuff that that uh, that they're doing. And it seems like, you know, having read quite a few of those titles that I've, I've just read off that chart remains really fits pretty well in with uh, that slew of books that are, you know, have come out and will be coming out into 2024. Yeah. A lot of uh horror driven stuff. Like it's everything that I've seen there, like very firmly horror. Nothing's like, you know, genre blending, like devil wears my face is a pretty straightforward exorcist story. Mm-hmm. And it's neat to see, like, that's what I've always um, 
kind of hoping from them. And it, there's a lot more books on the way that are doing that. Skeeters is like a wonderful splatter comic book. And uh, it's neat that they're finally there with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a lot of fun talking to Bob and Kevin about uh, Skeeters because, you know, it's kind of a, a, a new take on that. Uh, something very popular in the, the 80s of the, you know, kind of creature feature um, film. So, yeah, I like to see it done in, in comic form. Um, but, yeah, between Show's End and 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 Stargazer and now, you know, Charred Remains. Um, I mean, do you think is there something in terms of your writing that you look at these uh, well, four volumes total because two for shows end that you're like, that's that's how I put my mark in terms of what I do with with comic books. Is there something that you think is like quintessential, like your style of comic booking? I, I hope it's like heart, I guess, like hopefully that comes through with the characters. Uh, I think that's my anchor point that I hope the readers can connect to. And mm-hmm. I can also connect to that makes me excited to write, you know, have, having these emotional scenes, um, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, as long as there's heart in there, I get excited to write it. And hopefully, you know, readers can see that as well. And, uh, come back for more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you start out to write like issue one, do you do, do you outline? Yeah, I'm pretty tight with my outlines. Um, I, I don't stray too far from the original pitch. The original pitch is pretty much every beat, and then the outline that I do is uh, more detailed, I guess. Okay. What do you think in terms of do you find the most challenging in getting that first like script done? Um, not much challenge. Like it's all stream of consciousness, write out the dialogue and then break it up in in panel form, page form as I go. And then maybe the next day I'll actually start to write, you know, panel descriptions or whatever it might be. And then, you know, I'm I'm done with the script pretty fast. I'm done in like a day or two, but I spend two weeks going over it and over it and over it and over it before I submit it. Usually Mad Cave is, I think, a two-week to submit a draft, and then uh, whatever it might be for revisions after that. Right. And revisions are pretty fast with me, too. That's There's not really many big changes because we've tackled everything in the outline, you know, anything mm-hmm. big that we need to fix. Yeah, and Mad Cave does have a uh, a lot of good editors. <laughs> yes, so I do. You, I really do. <laughs> which is important. <laughs> um, well, like, let me ask you, I, what got you into writing in the first place? What led you down that path? Um, I think it was, I was always film. I studied film and I wanted to make movies. But with that, there's a lot of folks you're depending on uh, to do that. And it's even as like a kid making film, it's hard to organize everyone you need to tell the story that you want to tell. And a lot of it is, you know, let's say you want to have a female lead in it and you don't have any female friends that want to be in it <laughs> like that. You're limited there. Like, you know, like that's why all my other films were just dudes. It's always dudes. <laughs> so like you're, you're just it's, it's so limiting. And then so I, I kind of got away and then eventually it came back to it when I found uh, a subreddit that was about creating comics and it 
I was making like good extra side money at the time. So I figured why not hire someone that uh, was interested in doing it and uh, put out a book myself. And that's where I started was, you know, self-publishing. And yeah. And then was it really the mad cave talent search that kind of like set you on this trajectory? Um, yeah, where I'm at now, for sure. Um, I still would have been probably doing shorts or something like that. I don't think I would have stopped, stop, but, uh, putting out one big, like one shot was kind of, uh, pricey. So I don't think that would happen again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not inexpensive, but artists are worth it. If you're listening and thinking about it, uh, you know. Yeah. If I, what I mean is I didn't, there's a lot more I know now yeah. that I would do different. Like I put out that, uh, I self-published it and put it out and not thinking, maybe I should pitch this around. Maybe somebody wants to continue it. <laughs> it was all just me thinking not anyone else wanted it. And I probably could have taken it. If I have a completed issue, it's done. Right. I probably could have shopped it around and got it picked up. Like at that time, I'm sure, you know, scout or one of those books or one of those publishers that do, you know, uh, you know, they take a books that have been created through Kickstarter or whatever it might be. And like, yeah. I probably could have done that back then. There's just a very like green, I guess. Didn't know a whole lot. Like this is, like I said, this is before, um, the talent search and anything like that. Mm -hmm. And were you, um, you know, I, I certainly understand the difficulty and the amount of people in terms of filmmaking, you know, it, it's very collaborative, but there's a lot of folks involved. There's, there's a lot. Um, if you want to tell stories that way, there's a, a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that, that need to be done. There's certainly less people involved you know, in comics and you can, if, if you're a writer and an artist, or if you're a writer that can hire an artist, a letterer, you can, you know, put your own book out. Um, it, were you a, a, like a fan of comics beforehand, or was it really that subreddit that talked about it that you're like, Oh, I can tell stories this way too. Oh no, no. I, I mean, I, I loved comics, but they, oh, okay. the comics that I read growing up, they, I couldn't find anything that I wanted. I mean, it was, Tales from the Crypt. I loved horror even back then. And I, you know, Tales from the Crypt was all EC horror comics. So I, I struggled so hard to find EC horror uh, reprints as a kid and I could never find them. Um, so what I stuck to the most that were, I could find them pretty much anywhere, um, horror or horror related was usually the Dark Horse books. And those were all um, movie IPs. So it was Aliens, Predator, uh, Starship Troopers. Uh, whatever else they were putting out. That's usually where I was. Yeah. Um, of course, it was superheroes. I mean, like, uh, it was always super. It was like, easy to find, too. Was, you know, Spawn was huge. Uh, Spider-Man was big back then. The 90s wave side, uh, Spider-Man, Venom, and all that. Carnage. Oh, Maximum Carnage. You know? <laughs> that, was, that was such that was such major hype when that came out. That was so cool. Um, so, yeah, like, those those books, for sure. Um but no, like what I wanted when I went into a shop was horror comics and I could never find either. They wouldn't, you know, didn't understand what I wanted or thought I wasn't old enough for them. It wasn't until like high school when I started getting back into comics because horror had a big wave that shifted um, into it. That was 30 days a night, walking dead. 
yeah, that's right. when it started to come back. I'm like, okay, we're here. Like it's like yeah. this is what I've been looking for my like for years. Um and Sin City too. And like that's where I kind of I think 2005 when Sin City came out, that's what got me back into comics because I knew Sin City because that was advertised all over the place in Dark Horse comics. Um, but that the too raunchy for little me to pick up for sure. <laughs> um now that you're older you know, and working in comics, was there ever like an issue of something that you wanted? Like, are, do you collect? Is there like a, 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 a EC comic, like Holy Grail? Um, I, I, I was given a basket full of comics um, from one of my dad's friends. And inside of that basket was two um, horror anthologies. Um, I think one was like Tales of Terror from the eclipse print i think it was a offshoot of like an adult version marvel did that so that had a bunch of very adult um horror books and the other one was brian boland's uh black book and that was just another collection of like adult horror stories so those mm-hmm. two were i still cherish those those are special because okay. those are the, the only horror comics i had growing up um were just those two um do you get to read like any uh like do you still get to read like comics that are coming out now? Like, yeah, is there anything to... you've been checking out like in terms of like current horror comics other than the stuff you're working on? Yes, but my mind's blank right now. There was some I've just picked up and I couldn't believe how good they were. And my mind's completely blank from it. <laughs> That's fine. I right, look uh... it it happens to the best of us. Um yeah, because I, I I just uh, there's so many amazing horror comics, you know, right now. And um, yeah, I get like, loaded up on Hoopla. That's uh, it's an internet library app, and like I, oh. I read so much on there, and like it, everything kind of starts to blend together. But a lot of manga, like uh, that's that's got most of my attention right now. Okay. I keep coming back to the most is uh, uh, manga. That's a lot on there. Yeah, I love the Hoopla app. My uh, the lo- local library in in Delaware has Hoopla, and yeah, I um read a ton of stuff on there you know it's a great digital the the comic readers on it is pretty good too and they have a really really great selection so what type of what manga are you reading right now um i can't remember the name of it but it's all about um basically this like i like how manga like some manga stories start small and they grow bigger and Mm -hmm. bigger and bigger with their questions um and this one's about this factory that's farming humans. And then you find out they're farming humans for giant insects that control the world. And it just keeps building from there. Even very fun. Um, yeah, I, I'm terrible at remembering names again, but that one's got me pretty good. Yeah, that sounds, uh, <laughs> I think that kind of sounds uh, a little, um, you know, like EC, you know, type of uh, yeah uh, theme in terms of uh, you know them, them pouring it into uh, to to manga. I was trying to look up to see if I could figure out uh, what that one is. That sounds pretty uh, cool. I don't. I, I it's on. I'm using my uh, tablet. I can get into it, but I don't want to mess the stream up. Starving Anonymous. Yep, that's it. <laughs> All right, we got it. <laughs> oh no, like. <laughs> I, I, I hate recommending manga because it's like, yeah, you should check it out. And like, there's just 
pages and panels of <laughs> terrible, awful things that should not be recommended. Right. Well, I look, I mean, you like it and folks like your stuff, you know, don't, maybe, don't, 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 <laughs> don't, don't, don't base it off of that. Well, look, you've been, yeah. this is, that's our disclaimer. Anthony says that he's reading it, but it's filled with terrible things. Um, but hey, if you're a horror it. fan who likes terrible things, there you go. That's what Anthony's checking out. <laughs> yeah. Trash manga compels me. It pulls me right <laughs> in. I can't help it. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's something out there for everybody. That's the good thing, especially about yeah. comic books or manga, whatever, you know, Western comic books, manga, whatever it is. There really is uh, something for, for everybody. The- that's the thing. Like you read this stuff and it's, it's nothing like anything I would do. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's things like, there's things I would like to take from it. I really like the idea of um, small questions building into bigger things and bigger things and not really ever being answered, but only given more questions, not in a way that's like lost or uh, yeah, JJ Abrams does, but like just consistently making, giving you answers and giving you enough. Um, but I like that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And also that's the long-term storytelling is really neat as well. You can just really stretch it out um, in that kind of format. I don't, we don't really see that too much in uh, Western comics like that, at least as far as like single stories go with that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, well, it's, you know, it's at least in terms of direct market comics or, I, I mean, even indie comics, unless you're doing, you know, totally doing your own thing or or crowdfunding it, like very few series anymore get, you know, what more than twenty issues, you know. So it's it's tough when you're it's tough, you know, when you're at, when at you know at, at most, uh, I mean, most things I see if if it's like a maxi series and somebody might get twelve issues to tell something or or maybe more, but you know, things nowadays like. um something is killing the children, you know, those, those books with, uh, getting, you know, up into the 30 issues, they don't, they don't happen too much anymore. You know? Yeah. Um, Philadelphia is still going like all that, like it's you, you've really got to pull the numbers in. I don't know. You, you know, it's, it's tough. And like, that's the thing with, uh, manga. It's, it's a smaller format. Um, it's black and white. So that all that stuff makes it cheaper. And I know that, some publishers are that, you know, Western publishers are going that route, making manga imprints and telling stories that are in that smaller black and white format, which is, I think is exciting to see, because that's going to open up a, you know, a lot more for creators like me. And as well as you're going to see different stories, finally, you know, that can go this far. Like I was reading another book and like, I started it uh, and like the main character absolutely hated terrible and didn't want anything to do with them and the story goes on and then you're absolutely cheering for this guy like he's a complete piece of shit and just to see him grow <laughs> um is something that you don't see space for in a lot of other books like this yeah. is the main character of the book like you don't think it's going to catch on and it sure does but it takes i don't know it's 10 volumes like <laughs> there's other things to keep you occupied but that was different for me to see as a reader and also as someone who uh, makes stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I think there is a push to have, you know, uh, it's interesting when you see books that come out or any type of media where your protagonist isn't necessarily, you know, likable and to kind of 
have that much character growth and have that arc. You need a lot of space to tell it. Sure. And you don't always yeah. have that, you know, it's tough to do in four, five, six issues, you know? Sure. Um, you know, so kind of turning back to, um, you know, turning back to, to charred remains. Um, I don't know. Can, what, what, what can we expect from the series moving forward without spoiling too much? Can you like tease us a little bit? Yeah. Um, it gets, I mean, of course it gets darker, but there's some panels and scenes in there. Like I, I talked about wanting to flex, you know, or skills, talent, whatever I accumulated over the years. The next pages are like me going to the max on all that. And I have such a great team with me like to do it. And it's, we nail it. We, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The final issue is something we go out there for sure. So I'm yeah. excited for people to see all that. Oh it's, man, that's, yeah. that's great. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait. I mean, I, I, like I said, I really like, I really like show's end. It, it, it caught my attention right away. I like the setting, but I really like, you know, the characters and that's, um, you did that with Jeff, uh, Sadzinski, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and really great. And then I, I thought stargazer, I, I got, I think I have all somewhere in the box. To my left, I have all the issues of stargazer because I like shows end so much. I'm like, yeah, add it to my pull list. Let's get it. And I just thought it was, as I mentioned earlier, like an X-Files fan. I, I always like, you know, alien, alien adjacent stories. But I, I thought Stargazer was just so different from Show's End and so weird in like the best possible, like comic booky way. Um, I, it's always exciting to see like a, a writer that you, whose work you connect with in some fashion and see something you know completely different. And like the first issue of Charred Remains, it felt like you know not it felt very different from show's end and very different from stargazer. But yeah, I felt, uh, the strong sense of character, um, from the people in it, which I think is what I see is kind of like the connective tissue with, um, stargazer and show's end. So yeah, I was very excited and, and, and really, um, uh, really loved issue one. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I'm glad you, uh, um, uh the character thing caught your eye too. Cause that's something I, like I said, I try for <laughs> if, if, if that could pop out from any of my books, it's definitely that so that's great to hear. And what do you think in terms of horror? We we've talked a lot about it. Um, but you know, in particular, are there other comics other than EC stuff, but like, um, you know, those the tales from the crypt ty- type of stories, or are there other movies or horror directors that you think like, I, I definitely see that, in my DNA when you write? Um, no, I think what changed my writing the most um, when I jumped into self-publishing, I think it was Jeff Lemire's Sweet Tooth. I think that's what kind of shifted how I write. Like, cause there's a ton of heart from all his characters into that. And I think at that point, I didn't read any comics that were quite like that. Okay, and that's when I was like, "No, this is what needs to be done. This is what I need to do." And you know, my books. Um, uh, also, Saga was big, so that was also another character, a lot of heart, and I, that stuff connected with me the most. And I'm like, "Let's, let's, I need to carry that over." And mm-hmm. that's what I've been trying to do, and that's where it's been at mostly from now on, from here on out. Yeah, 
Also, two writers who are not afraid to do terrible things to their characters. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, is there like any any not that there has to be, but anything else that uh, you're working on or that you have uh, coming out that listeners should be looking for? Yeah, next year, um, my first creator-owned series with another dream artist. Um, will be coming out in October. So look forward to that. And that's also horror. Oh, awesome. Oh, that, well, that's first exciting. Time. And then this, this is your first creator in series, you said? Yes. Oh, well, fantastic. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I definitely can't wait, can't wait to see that. But um, uh, that's exciting. Um, you know, what is the biggest difference that you find in terms of working on Mad Cave comes to you with an idea as opposed to creator and stuff is it the space because you're not under you know a deadline you're kind of working on it like as you want to work on it and you kind of set your own timeline is that like kind of the the biggest difference or are there other things um in terms of working with a publisher and then doing creator owned stuff first think, before going to a publisher i think it was just the contract that felt different um, Oh, okay really like this this uh, was a great deal they gave us all the rights but working with Mad Cave on their IP stuff, they just want to see creators run free with it. Okay. I've never seen them, in my experience at least, I've never seen them pull back. I mean, yet they have, but for the better usually. And I don't bump heads on stuff. I'm I try to be like um, a working writer, I guess. They're a client. I they're my boss. I follow what they want and I'm able to work with that. Um, okay. But there's never been anything that's derailing. I don't know. There's there like they're everyone's kind of on the same page. Um at least when I work with them. I can't speak to anybody else, but I've never had an experience where they ask or make requests that I feel crashed the book or I try to take it from them or something like that. Oh yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, whatever you have uh, coming up after Charred Remains, because like I said, I really love the first issue. And um, so listeners, December 13th, it'll be in your shop. Uh, make sure you uh, tell them to add it to your pull list or go to Mad Cave's website. And I'll put a link in the show notes um, to Mad Cave's website and to um, your social media and to uh, uh, Previews World so they can um, uh, take a look at the issues as they're they're coming out. So yeah, that's very exciting with uh, you and Andrea Muti and um, Taylor Esposito for Charred Remains. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to, to, to read more of it because it, it ends on, it ends, it, it's a, it's a great last page. So <laughs> I can't wait to, to get to issue two now. Um, so uh, all the horror talk, uh, favorite horror movie. I'll, uh, I'll Dawn, put you to your paces. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead, uh, the original. Okay. Well, good choice. Yeah. <laughs> you had that ready to go. <laughs> that's favorite all around. It's okay. on loop. I can put it on. <laughs> what sure. is it about it? That uh, was it when the age you saw it? Is there something in particular that you're just like, this is it? It's paced well. And it's, I, I like that it, it doesn't blend genres, but it's definitely adventure action. It does really bleak horror. I mean, it's it's a it's a brutal one. I mean, even though the the blood is cherry color and the the happy little synth score, 
it's a pretty brutal movie. Yeah. Oh no, without question. Um, good choice. Um, but uh, yeah, Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been great. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for letting me talk about the book. Yeah, no, no, I, I really loved it. And I'm a big fan of Andre Moody's work. I'm a big fan of Taylor uh, Esposito as a letterer, and I really like Mad Cave stuff. So, um, yeah, I would definitely highly recommend it. Charred Remains, issue number one, is out December 13th. So when you're listening to this, uh, by the, if, if you're listening to this when this episode first comes out, uh, let your shop know because this episode will be out before the issue. And, um, yeah, and if you haven't, uh, if you are, are listening to this and you're in any way a fan of uh, the X-Files, uh, you have to check out Stargazer. Um, and I would also just recommend, I just think it's a great comic book, but Show's End, uh, I really, I really, really love. It's got a great setting. I'm a big fan of uh, the movie Freaks, which if you haven't seen it, it's like a 19, I want to say 32 movie about real sideshow circus performers who are in a lot of it fictionalized and um shows end had a little bit of that kind of vibe mainly because the setting I, I think you can't help that that type of comparison but the artwork is uh very wonderful and uh it's a really really interesting story and um a lot of heart great character so if you haven't yet go get shows end volume one and two and um let me know what you think but uh, yes, uh, Charred Remains, issue number one, out December 13th. Uh, Anthony, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Jimmy. And as always, shout out to my brother, Bobby, Crypto Creator Corner's number one most dedicated listener. Hi, Bob. Thanks for the venison chili. It was really delicious. Uh, nice. <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody. And I'll see you next time. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Crypto Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.